0: Welcome to Unraveling Crypto, the podcast. I'm your host, Bane. If you're curious about Web3, but don't know where to start, you're in the right spot. I know how full your life is already. And I also know how much freedom this expansive space can offer. Each episode, we bring on Web3 experts to share what they love. Through easy conversation, we cover topics like financial literacy, blockchain, and how to use these in practical ways. It's not just about technology but about who is building it and why it's being built hello and welcome back to unraveling crypto today's episode is with a very special friend melanie mason melanie was one of the few people that i first told and shared my vision for unraveling crypto and she really has helped shape it and morphed it into what it is So I'm really excited to have her on. We talk about her journey into Web3 and crypto, working with Gemini, and she gives incredible insights and tips on how you, if you're curious and want to join, how you can get started. We also talk about the roles that women um, play and how you can still be your feminine self in a very male-dominated space. So let's dive right on in hi mel welcome to unraveling crypto i know you and i have tried this before and it's we've had a few techno technological glitches but we are back and i'm excited to welcome you here
1: i'm so excited thank you for having me this is literally my favorite podcast in web3 so it's an honor to be here chatting with you i'm excited
0: same so like always, um with other podcasts, let's start with what are you most grateful for right now?
1: Oh that's a good one. Right now I'm feeling really grateful for community. Um I I don't know, I, I don't want this to sound cheesy, but just like the the friends that I've made through crypto have just been extra supportive lately and i've been feeling just like really thankful to be surrounded by people i feel like we're always just helping each other and and talking um so i've been feeling like the community and i've been really grateful for that Mm, yes love that well
0: we can dive right on in But the first question I want to ask you is, what's your superpower? So that thing that comes to you, most effortless. um, Yeah, the thing that you do naturally, and you've probably done it since you were a child.
1: Um, Great question. I once got asked that in an interview, actually. Um, I would say I'm between two, but they're really kind of the same thing. I would either say empathy or... Good listening, which I think mm-hmm. really just goes hand in hand. Um, I mean, you know me well. We've we've gotten to know each other so well over the last year. So I think you know this about me. But um, actually, my whole life, I've always been that friend that people feel that they can talk to, and I think it's because I just I just simply listen, um, and I have a high emotional intelligence, which helps with the empathy. So um, I would say that is my superpower.
0: Yeah, I. I wholeheartedly agree with this. You are such an incredible listener and you tune in really well with what's going on. And I think you have this special quality because you listen truly. I think many of us actually don't listen. We just are hearing and want to are thinking how we can respond or reply or say something back. But because of that quality that you have, you can say things that create a lot of perspective shifts and changes and I think that's just really one of the incredible things about you and I'm really excited for you to be on here um, because many don't know but Mel, Melanie has been behind the scenes and kind of since the inception of uh, Unraveling Crypto before we had no name and just the idea of it so having you come on board and just seeing where we go from there and I'll you know one of the goals is to kind of have you come on and just chat about different things about what's going on in the space too that was always my vision in some way shape or form so I'm really excited to introduce you to everyone Um, okay so tell me a little bit about you and just your background general when it comes to like what led you a little bit to get into crypto
1: Sure. Um, So it really happened a couple years ago during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, I got laid off in April 2020. Um, So all of a sudden I had all of this time on my hands and my now fiance was already in the space and he had all of these books in our apartment on crypto. And so finally I started picking up these books the first one i read was bitcoin billionaires um the second one i read was the bitcoin standard and it was after reading both of those books that everything kind of clicked for me hmm. and i started to become really passionate about the space and i saw it as so much more than just um a place you know as an investment as a place to put money i started to see how it could change society and lift up communities. And I got really excited about it. Um, So then I, through Gemini, purchased my first crypto for myself, which was a big deal because I also hadn't I didn't have like the best relationship with money. I didn't really know anything about investing. Um, and so I think not only did it get me into the crypto space, I started to think about My own relationship with money, so those things were kind of happening at the same time, which was really cool. Um, And then it just it kind of unraveled from there. (laughs) Haha, unraveling crypto. Um, And I got to the point where um, after going to a couple crypto events, I decided I love this space. I love the people in this space. Everyone was so nice and kind and. Just like optimistic about the future. and so I decided that I wanted to get a job in the space. Um, and I had you know Gemini had a special place in my heart from reading Bitcoin billionaires um, and then to actually purchasing my own crypto on there. So I kind of stopped them. I applied to a job a couple times, ended up going to a networking event with them, and finally landed a job there, um, which was my first time like working in the space um and that was about a year ago and that was it's just been yeah it's it's just been a journey from there um you know this but i'm i'm no longer at gemini i'm now at mm-hmm. a DeFi startup called scallum um which has been really exciting um and working in recruiting both now and and previously at gemini
0: yeah okay there's so many like places that I want to go with this because and and I think we'll get to it especially when it comes to getting your perspective on how to get a job in crypto and web 3 even if you totally don't have a lot of experience or if you do Um, personally you've been helping me navigate that and you've been so pivotal on just how to prepare on what to look for and I know that's going to be very valuable but I want to pick your brain a little bit on that journey of like what was what was that factor that really wanted that you decided i want to get into crypto or like what was that 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 shift
1: um i feel like it it would be really hard to to pinpoint one thing mm-hmm. but to be i guess really broad is that i a couple things i had been sort of searching for work that would feel meaningful. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that would feel like more than a job. And I was kind of looking for it. I feel like for the past few years since I graduated college and I, I didn't know what it would be. And I was trying to explore different avenues. And on top of that, I had always felt like I wanted to do something good. I wanted to feel like what I was doing was helping society was lifting people up um and ultimately was something that felt good to me Hmm. and i had been kind of searching for that um and i've been you know i care deeply about the environment and sustainability and for a while thought that 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 was my path and and maybe in some ways it will i'll go back to that path in the future but i couldn't find the thing that was really fulfilling me and there was something about crypto that really spoke to me and i think again this is so broad but I think the thing that really got me was that I felt like it was good for society and it was good for people. And I think what I mean by that is that it's inclusive of all people. Mm. So unlike our current systems that exclude certain groups of people and really only lift up and benefit a few people, crypto offers solutions and systems that can lift up everybody. And to me, that just felt like something so good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know it's so, you know, it's interesting because when somebody asks you like what is it about crypto or how, you know, like there's so many different avenues and different ways for you to connect to why it's meaningful for you whether it's through money or actually through creating different um use cases for you to like get on it or there's just so many um and I think it hits different different points um of like school of thoughts like whether it's economics or um you know like looking at game theory etc like even the environment like the how consumption of energy is also used which i haven't explored that entirely um but before going on a tangent i would love to get your thoughts on what was the mindset shift with money? So prior to you getting into crypto or learning how, what, what were your beliefs and thoughts, and then where are they now?
1: That's a great question. Um, because I think so many things. I've had a lot of mindset shifts around money, uh, and you and I have talked about this a lot. But yeah. I think, you know, I never, I never associated money with women. Um, I grew up in a family where it was the men in my life who had money, who talked about it and who, you know, invested everything. But I didn't have any women in my life who were talking about it or teaching me about it or, or anything like that. So it was just kind of like over there with the guys. And I felt like separated from it. And I think on top of that, I I think I had some ideas around like money being bad. And by that, I, I mean, you know, I was driven to do something that felt good for the world. Mm. And in my experience, I didn't know of something that was good, that would also yield a lot of money. Mm. I didn't have a lot of I didn't know any stories or narratives where those things were together, they were often separated. I feel like it was either, you can be over here, and you can make a lot of money, or you can be here, you know, helping people, but those things aren't connected. Um And I've now learned that that's totally false. They are 1000% connected, and they should be because money lifts people up, gives us freedom and and power and a voice and all those good things. Um, So there was kind of that mindset shift. And then personally, just a shift in myself to want to learn about investing to want to learn how to properly manage my own money, and to feel really free and secure in that. Um, and to not just kind of leave it to the guys. I'm sort of, you know, shifting my mind to realize that money is very important for women and for me. And, you know, this is, I think it's going to be a lifelong journey. Like there are still so many things that I, I think I need to work on to kind of envision for myself. But, um, yes, it's been, it's been good. And crypto has helped so much with the mindset shifts.
0: And... What do you, maybe, what are like practical things that you do now um, around money or managing it, or maybe just one or two things that have been beneficial for you?
1: Sure, Um, let's see. So dollar cost averaging my crypto investments has been the best thing ever. I love this, I learned this um, a couple years, like when I started to get into crypto, I also started to read a little bit about money. Um, There's a book called The Psychology of Money that I love. Mm. And I remember reading, I forget where, but um, I read that women are actually better investors because we put our money in and we just leave it. We don't touch it. We don't think about it. Probably because we are way too busy to be worrying about it or thinking about it. Um, And, you know, money grows over time. So that's really the best thing to do is just put it in and leave it. so I have a couple like reoccurring crypto buys set up every month, Um, nothing crazy, but it just makes it so that I know that I have skin in the game, you know, buying crypto, hopefully it will, you know, set my future self up for success and essentially financial freedom in the future. Um, And then I think on top of that, like, you know, simple things like just having like a monthly budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing Yep, just just having a monthly budget. And, you know, you can find resources online around, like, how much to save or how much to, you know, spend today or invest, things like that. And I'm, I'm definitely, like, still learning. I feel like I have yeah. so much to learn. But those are just some, like, tactical things that I'm personally doing.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the basics, anything in life is universal. Like, going back to the foundations or, like, the basics of things will just prepare you and set you up we're like success, ultimately. Um, okay, so can you share with us for those that may not know what dollar cost average is? Like, what what is that? With?
1: Yes, um, I'll do my best. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my understanding is that um, it's really tough to time the market. Yep. So instead of trying to decide when is the best time to buy or sell, um, the best thing to do is to just put money into the market over time um so it's basically like instead of saying oh like now is a great time to buy bitcoin because it's down i'm just kind of like time is a good time to buy it i'm just gonna buy a little bit every month yep. um and you know i don't know is there anything you want to add to that
0: i mean i think you you said a pretty pretty like spot on and it was okay. great um I, the only thing i would add on is just with what you said, your budget, like what is your monthly budget, or maybe you have five hundred dollars of savings of extra entertainment money because this is kind of where I you know a lot of us say, even though we may not do it, um, but it's like five hundred dollars that you have of extra entertainment moment money, oops, entertainment money for three months, and then you dollar cast average it for every week, how much you would have to put five hundred dollars in every week. So it's just money that you that you know that you won't really need, and then you can put it in um. And I think that's like working backwards. You have this amount of money and this amount of time that you want to put it in. And that's what you do. So, yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. And um, I remember, like, I think something that really helped me is just learning that even putting in $5 is something. Like, there is no need to feel like you need to be putting in $1,000 plus per month. If $5 is all you feel comfortable with, start there. And that's, like, really what, what helped me
0: yeah yeah i I think so too i think it's like we underestimate how much that actually does like let's say ten dollars a week like over time instead of just maybe not putting anything at all and just
1: and you know what you know what else it does is um it helps you form the habit of investing yeah and so then you're used to it and then you know in the future you may feel comfortable with more than five dollars whatever it is but at least you've like started to build a habit as this is something i think about this is something that i do
0: yeah yeah okay so back to web3 and crypto um where like there's so many places to start and sometimes it can be really overwhelming for the crypto curious people which is kind of where this podcast who like the audience is like what, what's your recommendation? Where can they kind of start or lean into to learn more?
1: Great question. Um, I always say, like, pick the resources that you like to read or listen to. So for me, I'm a big reader, I love books. Yeah. So finding books on crypto in Web3 were the biggest thing for me. If you're not a big reader and you prefer a podcast, check out some podcasts. Um, if you're someone who likes to meet people and socialize, look up a crypto event in your city and go there and just meet people and talk. Everyone is is so nice and always open to to sharing. So I think like identifying which will be most interesting, which avenue will be most interesting to you and then looking for resources there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I also think that another way to look at it is like, what are you passionate about? Right now, in crypto there's so many things so like if you love music there's going to be something related to music with um crypto and then you kind of explore that now even starbucks like if you love coffee you can kind of get into it so it's like there's different ways now that make it a lot easier and accessible
1: i love that yeah, yeah. i think you're right like if you're not interested <laughs> in the investing piece that's totally fine check out another side of it the art music like you said i, I love that so much
0: yeah okay so Two questions, but the first one is, what do you love mo- most about Web3 crypto? I mean, I think those terms are jargony, but about the space.
1: <laughs> do I have to pick one?
0: No, you can say a few things.
1: <laughs> okay. The first one is definitely the people. I have made so many good friends in the space, you included. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly just been the best part. I, I know I sound like a broken record at this point, but the people in the crypto space, are just so thoughtful and kind and caring. And these are the types of people that I want to spend my days with that I want to talk to and hang out with on the weekend. So the people is definitely the best part. Hmm. Um, I would say second best would be the fact that you can make money and do something good for people and society. I think that that's like making making that connection is just is the best
0: mm, yeah okay so now what are the areas of growth that the areas that are still sticky um within the space
1: good question um something that comes to mind i think is diversity mm-hmm. um i think it's definitely getting better i've seen i've heard and seen so many people saying that when they go to crypto events it's they're seeing more and more women there and that's really exciting. But I think the truth is we have a long ways to go. And so something that I think about is how can we attract, um, people from all backgrounds to this space, because it would be a mistake to build new things and not include everyone's perspective. And then without meaning to the systems will not work for everyone. So I think it's really important that we keep diversity in mind. Um, you know, as someone who works in recruiting, this is something that we talk about at work. So um, there's definitely that. I mean, there's there's more to, like, I think um, user experience is something. Like, sometimes you go to an app yeah. or a website and it, it doesn't work exactly or it takes a while to load. But there's some, I think, some things there that could be barriers. And I want to make sure that, you know, I, I know we're working on it and it will get better, but imagine... the user experience is easy and seamless and pretty everyone will will be drawn to it because it won't be frustrating to you know get in and, and buy something whatever it is
0: yeah and I think that really comes up too it's just like it's it's there's so many different steps a lot of friction between you being able to get even buy anything of like A coin or an nft you have to set up a wallet then you have to go to coinbase and then you have to protect your money into a wallet so there's like a lot of points that it's about decentralization so we're still learning but I I think that the takeaway is that I always tell people is like if you're curious and you want to learn just take it as like this is the infancy stages of this type of technology and how cool is it that you, you can share this story with your kids or in a lecture 20, 30 years down the road and say, like, this is what it was. It's kind of like, you know, f- how we went from like beepers to like then a phone and texting and all these type of things. So having a little bit of patience with that. But I do agree that we need to a lot of the user experience and becoming less, less touch points before you can actually do something with, with within the space.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I love what you said. It's super early. And I think that that can be a draw for people. Because if you get in early, you can have a voice and you can be part of something. And hopefully, we'll look back 20 years from now and be amazed at how far we've come.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'd love to talk about getting a job in crypto. And since you work in recruiting, what are like, what's your advice for those that are curious about it or are like the type of people that, Hey, I learned by just jumping in and getting the experience and yeah, share with me your thoughts.
1: Totally. Um, I, I feel like I can speak to this because I myself just about a year ago made, made this leap. Um, and I didn't have, you know, I didn't have tech experience or anything like that. I think I would say that Um, passion and interest in the space goes a really long way. So showing that you're, um, excited about the space will be really meaningful. And I think that can be portrayed just in a conversation and an interview. Um, or, you know, you might want to take the time to write a blog post, um, around your thoughts on the space and use that to show, Hey, you're interested. You're, you're putting in the work you're learning. Um, and then on top of that, just, um, you know, this goes for any job search, really. I think, you know, using your connections and building your network is going to be so important. Um, I mentioned that I went to a networking event with Gemini before I landed a job there. And I would recommend, you know, if there's a company that you're interested in, you know, look up to see if they're going to be at any events in your city and check them out and go and, and try to meet someone there and make the connection, um. And that will go go a really long way. But I do want to add that experience will translate. You know, nobody in this space is an expert. The space is yeah. new. So we're all learning together. So there's no need to feel like you have to be an expert. Your skills and experience will absolutely translate.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I really want to highlight, I think there's, you and I, sp- 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 like, talk about this a lot Um how sometimes imposter syndrome really comes in and specifically like for women um where there's like a job posting and maybe you don't feel as qualified or you don't ch- like check every box that they have but it's also proven i have to go look at the statistic but like you know if it's the male part they will apply and it's happened even to me where i'm like oh i don't have that maybe i shouldn't even apply and um Like, what's your thought process with that, with your own experience? And like, what's the advice you would give another woman?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, I also struggle with imposter syndrome. Um, Mm. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly fighting it, which is just like, you know, that's a whole separate thing. In terms of the job descriptions, I would say if you are interested in the role, you're interested in the company, and you're excited about it you don't need to check all the boxes. And, you know, like remembering that is really important. Um, Oftentimes, you know, companies will post a job description, but, you know, you don't know which points on the job description are flexible. Mm -hmm. You know, they usually have an idea of, oh, these are like two things, two skills that we that we really need. But if someone doesn't have the other stuff, we can teach them. So, it can't, it really can't hurt to apply and then have the conversation with the recruiter or the hiring manager to chat about which, you know, which skills and experience is, is, you know, a high priority for them and, you know, see if it's, if it's a match for you. Yeah. Um, I love it when I've seen some companies will put that little statistic on their job descriptions, which I kind of love. I think it's just a reminder to women and, you know, anyone who's hesitant yeah. to apply that. You don't have to check off all the boxes.
0: Yeah. And, okay, so first, well, I guess coming from this, like I think that we also need to remember we're in a really peculiar space where a lot of the roles are kind of – being reinvented and um, even we see that with the creator economy now many people are YouTubers making millions of dollars and that's what they do and they're content creators and I think with the technology that we're in with blockchain and crypto a lot of the roles are yet to be defined completely and I think that's really important to remember that like if you have experience whether that's project management or you know setting up systems or whatever it is, it translates and you can definitely fit in. There's like enough space for everyone.
1: Absolutely. And there's so much opportunity to learn. I think like culture fit is often the most important thing and everything else can be taught.
0: Yeah, so if somebody wants to look at companies or wants to apply, where should you direct them?
1: Great question. Um, I've recently discovered a site called Higher Vibes, which I love. Um, It's basically a Web3 job board. Um, But you can also just find jobs on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend probably starting with a few companies that you're excited about. So maybe do some research and see which ones, you know, resonate with you Um, and then just go directly to their career pages.
0: Yeah. So I guess another thing that um, I want to touch, like talk about is like no receiving a no um, and what how to like battle that because even from the same company, maybe you really love a company and you really want to work with them. but. It's not the time or you need more experience or whatever it is. Like, how do you combat that? Because I think a lot of us, it happens to me where I really loved the company and I applied once, they said no, and I thought that that was it. Like, I was no longer eligible to reapply even months down the line.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, A couple things. I think, like, oftentimes we need a reminder that it is so important to continue to build the relationships and connections. So even if it's a no today, that definitely doesn't mean no forever. I would encourage you to, you know, write a thoughtful response to that company, let them know that you like to stay in touch. And then if you were to see a different role posted, you know, let's say six months later, and you're interested, definitely reach back out to your connection from that company. Um, just because it was a no before does not mean it's it's always a no. Mm-hmm. And on the recruiter side, you know, um, we will often let's say we, we really like somebody, but they're not they're not the best fit for a role we have open, but we just like really liked their vibe, they seemed, you know, really smart, whatever it might be, we'll keep their name on file so that we can, you know, reach out to them in the future if something else opens up. Yeah. So I definitely would not consider that door closed in any way. And then I think Separately, sort of on the emotional side, it's important to remember that usually everything works out. And if it's a no, it might be for a reason. And it might be because there's something better coming down the road for you. And I do think, you know, job searching can be really tough. I felt this when I was laid off in, in 2020. Yeah. Um You kind of have to, part of the process is like, Managing your emotions around it and making sure that you're taking care of yourself to stay confident and just sort of trust the process and trust that something good is coming.
0: Yeah. And I, I love, I love like those insights. I think also, like, I, I guess, questions. So if you're a recruiter and I mean, more or less, a lot of the companies in the space, crypto space, are startups or there's not a huge team. What would you say if somebody is in the interview process and they are, I mean, Twitter's a really big one, but maybe, or Twitter on LinkedIn, kind of sharing thoughts about maybe what the a blog that the company is has posted or shared about or gives thoughts. Like, do you think that those are brownie points too, or or things Absolutely. like that? Yeah. Yeah
1: um we were talking about this the other day actually Mm. i think it's really important to show interest and passion and to stay engaged in the process it really it's it's not a bother if candidates are following up with us or checking in or sharing ideas or want to hop on the phone and ask a few questions it shows that they really do care and and i think that goes a long way so staying engaged is awesome it can be as simple as hey just checking in just want to let you know i'm i'm here and i'm still interested or like you said, you know, you could go the extra mile to either write a blog post and, and share it and say, hey, I just wanted to share um, this work sample that I wrote. Or it could be, like you said, commenting on something that the company posted um, and engaging with them on, on social media or emailing your thoughts. Any, any of that can, can definitely um, just add to your application. It just shows that you care and yeah. that's important.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay. Well, I think this has been super insightful. Um, I kind of want to go back. Well, no, go back. I want to explore a little bit more about the dynamic um, between like being in a relationship with like some, like with someone, your partner is in the crypto space and like did that really push you you touched upon it a little bit but did that really propel you into getting into space because he was like fired up about it um and then maybe you can from there highlight like the differences like how can we invite more women into into the space too
1: yeah okay good questions um yeah so my now fiance andre obviously you know him um got me into this space and i think it was, I mean, I feel really lucky to have him because as I started to get into the space, I mean, one, I literally, he already had the resources in my apartment. So Mm -hmm. I was able to pick them up really easily. So I feel lucky for that. But then I also had him just kind of like supporting me through my journey. If I had questions about how something worked or I wanted to get a wallet, you know, he was there to help and support me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel really lucky to have that. And even today, I mean, we probably talk about crypto too much. Like I, I think we need to find other <laughs> topics yeah. to talk about, but we, you know, we talk about crypto all the time and it's really nice that we can share in each other's passion. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we don't work at the same organization right now, but our work overlaps so much and it's, it's really exciting when we get to like go to a conference together or, or something like that. Um, and I, I think it makes me feel more connected to him. Yeah, Um, And I would say he he would say the same about me. So that piece is is really nice. Okay. And like,
0: what do you think for the men in the space, like what responsibility do they have to also like inform and share and educate like their loved ones, you know, whether it is like women or just anybody, but yeah. Like what's, what's your take on that?
1: That's a good question. I think, I feel like it's everyone's responsibility in the space Mm. to care about bringing other people into the space, women, you know, women specifically, but Mm -hmm. anyone really. Um, And I say that because if we want the space to be inclusive and to succeed, then one, we need to invite people from all backgrounds. And I think it's on all of us to help support those people. Um, I would encourage men in the space to seek out women. At crypto events or women in their life and be a friend, be someone who you know they can talk to about money and crypto, and maybe be that person that someone can go to and say, Hey, I'd like to get a wallet and I don't know how. Can you help me? Yeah, things like that. I think we need to all support each other in that. And I think that you know, on the one hand, it's really important for women to see women doing yeah. it, and it's important for women to support each other. Um, but I would say like, there's so many men in this space. We can't only rely on that. We need to be helping each other. So I would encourage men to, to step in and, um, you know, mentor, mentor people and, and help them get into the space.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I shared it with you and also on social, the stats on YouTube for the Unraveling Crypto. And I think it's. Um, it was 70% men and, or yeah, male and 39, 30% female. And I was a little shocked because my community tends to be a little bit more like females. And, um, I think that just highlights a, a lot of still what, like the culture we're still, there's still a lot of men, um, and it's mainly, you know, dominated by them. And although I, You know, I also got into the space because of my boyfriend, too. Like, really, I dove into it. And so grateful and thankful. And I think they're, like, incredible allies. I would love to see more women. And the thing is, like, I think because we're in that mindset, we see so many women in the space and on Twitter. And we interact. And, like, a lot of them, I look up to them. I love interacting with them. But I think it's just, like, an interesting statistic to see I'm still that there's a lot of... Yeah. What do you think are the points of friction for why women are curious but still don't like don't join or don't want to learn or don't actively seek like perhaps yeah, with you.
1: I love everything that you just said. I totally agree with you. Um and I think it's great that men are listening. I don't want them to stop listening. I just want them yeah. to like also also increase increase the women. Um points of friction I, I think You know, when I talk to my friends who are not in the space, Mm -hmm. um, they see the space as risky. Yeah. And they see it as just sort of like a boys club. Mm -hmm. I think how they they get exposed to the space is, you know, let's say they go out to the bar with a group of friends and we'll see a group of guys over there and they overhear them, you know, talking about their crypto investments over beer. Like that is... I think the vibe that they're getting, and I think um, it's, I, I feel like we need to more broadly share the image that it's so much more than that. It's not just a bunch of guys buying crypto. It It is, it is so much more and it's so beautiful and it's so feminine. And I, I want to share that image, but I don't think that that is broadly, that image is broadly available to people that aren't seeking it out.
0: Yeah. You you know, I think as I started exploring a little bit more on the marketing side, I, I feel like we're still lacking big time on the brand awareness marketing side um, with Web3, Bitcoin and crypto in general, because there's like a big emphasis on technology, on how cool it is, on how innovative and how like cent- decentralization is just it. it's permissionless and all of these words that at the end of the day i think i don't know how much the decentralization people truly want right because centralization is actually very convenient and it gives a lot of opportunity for you to have accessibility and so there's just like i think we may be um marketing a little wrong and because we're so focused on the technology on the product i think that affects how people can connect and relate to it. No, don't yes. you think?
1: No, honestly, you, you nailed it. <laughs> and I think it's, I hope that you can change this for us. I think your podcast is obviously an amazing start. Um, but if you think about the, what we see in like mainstream media, it's like you said, it's all about decentralization, permissionless, or it's about friction between crypto and the government, which yeah. only makes the space seem scary and and risky. Um, yeah. And I'd be so curious to, to see the, the marketing improve, like you said, and share some of the other stories.
0: Yeah. I mean, one really great example that I think a big company is doing that is Starbucks, because even on the language that they're using is different. And I, and I think Mags also, I'll like sh- share her Twitter. She shares a lot on that, how they're not really using NFTs. They're not really talking about wallets. And I think that they're making it a little more relatable. They're using stamps or collectibles. And that's just a lot easier to understand and process when you're reading like what this is. And they're not like, it's not a wallet that you have to open necessarily, but it's like within their app. Which it is centralized, so I think we're gonna be yeah. in a we're in a really peculiar space with that. Um, but okay, so we got with talking about crypto and Web three. But I want to get to know you. Well, I want people to get to know you because we we're pretty we talk every day.
1: Um, you know
0: me, yeah. <laughs> but I guess I've asked you this before, and I and I just wanna I'm curious to know like what's your what are you most proud of?
1: Wow. Um I
0: know I, I didn't I didn't like
1: <laughs> Um what am I most proud of? I think I've answered this for I think I've answered this before and I give the same answer often. Um but I am very proud of my relationship with my fiance Andre. Mm-hmm. Um it it's just, you know, I I'm somebody that like lives by my heart and I think, you know, the love that I have with him is so special. Um, and not only that, like if you know this, it takes work to build yep. a happy, healthy relationship. Um And so it's taken us, you know, years of figuring things out together and, you know, going through tough times to get to a place where we are in a healthy, loving relationship. Um, and that's just, you know, to me that that's so special. So that is something I'm proud
0: of. Yeah, I I love this answer so much and I think when you shared it with me it stuck a, like a lot because again um we're I think we've are on the opposite spectrum sometimes when it comes to femininity and the empowerment of women where it's true there's a lot of tradition and I think we're like it's it's an interesting, we're like millennials or like even everybody's just trying to figure out their role in the world as a partner, as a girlfriend, as a wife. And it's so easy to go on the opposite end saying like, uh, not appreciating or not seeing how important or how much work a relationship takes and how much fulfillment that gives you or being loved. And, you know, as a woman, and I think as a man, a human in general, that's so powerful. And, when I heard you say this, I was just like, "Oh my God, this is this is so beautiful!" And it just it really explains, it describes you. And I know, I know yeah. it does.
1: And you know what's what's kind of sad is that I think if you were a guy and you asked me that question, I would never give you that answer mm-hmm. because I would probably say something that I achieved at work. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to shy away from the fact that like having a loving relationship is important to me and a big part of my life. And it doesn't mean that I can't also be successful at work. It's just, you know, something else that I'm proud of. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I guess I want to pick your brain with that because we, we've we also talked about this of like the role of being like a woman and, you know, you're engaged and how, how do you like, what are your beliefs or your thoughts regarding like, what are you taking from tradition and what are you not, how do you find balance in, in like just being a woman and still working full time? And how do you, you know, how do you, what are your thoughts in general?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I have so many thoughts honestly on this and um I'm sure they'll change, you know, yeah. they'll change if one day I become a mom and, and have to, you know, juggle even more. So right now it's, it's just me and Andre. So 100%. Yeah. Know, that's the perspective I'm speaking from. But I, I think about this a lot. I feel like I'm often trying to sort of fight the tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't want to, I have this part of me that doesn't want to succumb to like societal, societal, like gender norms. Mm-hmm. I actively fight that. But at the same time, I feel very feminine in who I am. And I think not embracing that makes me feel like I'm not being myself. Yeah. So I've been sort of, this is something that I'm working on and I'm sure it will, I'll continue to work on it, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out sort of like who I am and I don't want to fight the feminine side of me just because it makes me feel like, you know, maybe I'm doing something that you would call like gender, gender norms. Yeah. Um, but I mean for the most part, I'm um, you know, we're not we're not very traditional. Um, we I don't I don't know, but we I feel like this will evolve as yeah, we like. It's
0: an exploration. Continue. Sure.
1: Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah exactly. Um, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, well I, I wanted to ask because I think we you and I
0: spoke about um or uh, we in one of these sessions we tried to launch um, you also said that you were very, you kind of suppressed the feminine side at work and, um, that felt a little disconnected and because we are meant to be, you know, not, not meant to, but like we, you know, saying that we're emotional or we're sensitive or it's that time of the month or all of these things, it, there's so much like stigma with that. And have you? Been, do you think you've been able to find a balance to still be you feminine and just feel comfortable?
1: That's a great question. I feel like more recently in the past six months to 12 months, I have finally been feeling comfortable with just fully being myself at work, which includes being feminine. For so long, I was I was fighting it because I thought that to be successful at work, I needed to be more masculine. Mm. So I would change the way I would speak, I would change the way I would dress, um, or the things I would talk about. And I've just realized that I don't need to do that. I just want to be fully myself. And I believe that the people I work with will embrace that. Um, And I think part of it is, you know, we're all actively fighting these biases that we have. Yeah. Right. And so I think we probably all have a bias that someone who's more masculine um, exudes more power and maybe we trust them more. Right. That's something that we all need to that's just a bias that we all need to work on. So I'm very aware that I might have that bias that people I work with may have that bias, but I kind of refuse to not just be myself. And if that's feminine, then that's great.
0: I love that. Oh my God. This is so beautiful. I can't. Okay. Um, we're wrapping up and the, before we get to lightning round, but the, the first, this last question is, um, What is one, what type of advice that you can give to someone entering into the space and how they can find balance with the technology and how fast everything moves and just mental health and just overall wellness?
1: That's a great question. Um, Something that comes to mind, which I sort of just, I apply this to all aspects of my life is just taking baby steps. Like it doesn't, it's going to be overwhelming. Like you kind of alluded to, there's so much information. There's so much to do. Um, And something that always works for me is just remembering if I just do one small thing every day, it will mm. add up to a lot over time. Um And so maybe that looks like just reading one blog post a week about the space. Or maybe it's buying $5 of Bitcoin on an exchange where it, it's pretty easy to get set up you know, something like that. Just take these little small steps and eventually you'll turn around and, and be amazed at, at how much you've done or, or how much you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm I'm still doing this. I mean, you and I are always constantly learning about the space and yeah. seeking out ways to learn and just kind of baby steps. And hopefully we'll turn around and one day feel like experts.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Like, oh, I kind of know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> okay, so... We're gonna do lining round, which you've helped design. <laughs> um, I'm so excited for this. You ready? Yes,
1: although okay. I forget the question.
0: Oh yeah, it's okay. So um the the whole goal is to answer them with as little words as possible and as fast as possible. Ready? Okay, I'm
1: okay. ready.
0: First question. What's your favorite book?
1: Oh, the first thing that came to mind was Harry Potter. <laughs>
0: millennial which is
1: definitely one of my favorite books
0: <laughs> yeah it's actually well, really well written okay one piece of advice to share with the world right now
1: give yourself grace mm,
0: your go-to drink
1: mm, an oat latte
0: mine too um one thing you can't stand
1: um crumbs <laughs> like on the <before>. floor <laughs> yeah
0: or on a bed <laughs>
1: okay. like anyway really yeah <laughs> what's
0: your favorite show
1: um, I would have to say, Gilmore Girls,
0: oh my God, I'm watching that right now, okay. what's your um what do you value most right now? I would say
1: maybe like how I view myself like mm. self confidence something I've been thinking about lately, okay,
0: the one thing that grounds you or supports you during during stressful times,
1: definitely. Movement, yoga,
0: Pilates. Okay. And what do you love most about yourself?
1: I love that I make decisions with my heart based on how I feel.
0: Mm, Okay. Well, we have uh, come to a completion for this session. It's been so wonderful. There's so much more that we can say and talk and you'll be on plenty more times but thank you for taking the time and for just being you and just sharing everything that you do because that you bring so much value and I just I'm really grateful for you
1: well thank you for having me this conversation was amazing as always I love seeing you and your you know your questions are awesome This okay I love this podcast so thank <laughs> oh, you Oh,
0: thank you well <laughs> before we we come like complete where can people hang out with you? Where where do you where can they connect? Oh, oh. my god, I cannot talk.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. I have a Twitter. It's um, Mel Mason BTC. Mm-hmm. I'm also on LinkedIn. Just my name, Melanie Mason. Um, where else? You can find me on Instagram. Yeah, and you know my dms are open please message me i'm always always want to talk to people in the space so let me know if you want to chat
0: okay i will link all of your profiles so people can connect with you please do she's incredible yourself anyway i hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see each other soon thank you thank you for tuning in i so appreciate you being here My intention with this podcast is to empower you to walk into another world feeling confident. Through powerful conversations, we can build this bridge together. If you love this conversation, please leave a review on iTunes. And if you're feeling extra generous, share this episode with a friend who's curious too. To stay connected, find me on Twitter and IG at Vanes Vibes. See you next week when we unravel a little bit more.